It's time for the Crunch Time Plays podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. What's up, y'all? Liv Moose here. Hey, what's up? This is Danny Wexelman. Hey, everyone. I'm Steffi Smalls. What's up, everyone? It's Ben Lindsay. This is Andrea Carter. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin. And you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're watching and listening. However you're watching and listening, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, thanks so much. And welcome to Crunch Time Plays today. We're still talking SEC football, going going hard on that, going after SEC media days. And and a guy that, that was on the podium uh, yesterday as we as we record this was, was Cart Lee from Vanderbilt. And we've got our Robbie Weinstein here from 24-7 Sports. She does an incredible job over there to, to break it all down and talk some Vanderbilt football today. Robbie, what's up, brother? Hey, uh, not much, Jack. I got back from, from Birmingham last night, and, and thanks for having me. It was, uh, you know, it was an interesting day down there because the Texas-Oklahoma news broke, like, right in the middle of the session. Not in, not in the middle of any session, thankfully, but in the afternoon. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that was crazy, but uh, I'm pretty much getting ready for Bandy fall camp to start first week of August, and, and then it's really a sprint from there. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you, man, and and that's actually where I wanted to to start off with you. I know you, everybody was was in the building uh, in the hotel yesterday when when that news uh, broke, and and it just just kind of you know kind of sent up maybe a shockwave through the hotel, I guess. But but what was your what was your immediate reaction to it, and and maybe how do you see uh, if if this does happen uh, down the road, how do you see uh, the conference kind of lining up uh, division wise or, or stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't have like inside information in terms of at the SEC level or anything in terms of whether it will happen. But I think logically, uh, it seems, I mean, seems like it, right? Uh, I, I don't know how the SEC says no. Uh, I The one thing that I can report is that I would be really surprised if Vanderbilt voted no. Uh, I think Vanderbilt would be, I know the football program would be enthusiastic about adding those two schools. Uh, the way they look at it is it's already a difficult conference. Yeah, it would make it harder, but their goal isn't just to beat South Carolina and Kentucky. Like, you know, whether it's going to happen or not long term, I don't know. But Vandy plans to, you know, if there's a 12-team playoff, they they plan to at some point get to, get to the point where they're able to do that after they, you know, invest in facilities and all that sort of stuff uh, to build up the program. So um, I, I just don't think anybody except for Texas A&M would vote no. Clearly, Texas and Oklahoma want to come. So I feel like it's probably going to happen when it, when it happens. I really have no idea, but it seems like it in terms of the alignment. I really have no idea other than I would think that Alabama and Auburn, I mean, what makes sense would be Alabama and Auburn. You know, I don't know if they would get rid of divisions, but they would probably be playing the current SEC East teams more. And you would have to think it's time for Mizzou to, to move over to the West. Uh, I don't even know why they're in the league, to be honest. I, that was a mistake. Yeah. I mean, I don't, Whenever you're you're talking about a kind of division realignment, it definitely makes sense to to move Alabama and Auburn possibly over to the east, and then move uh, Missouri to the west. I've even seen some some maybe some pods of four with with yeah. some teams. It just just depends. Uh, I'm not really sure how you'd uh, do the SEC championship game though. If you had, I don't, yeah, uh, I don't know either. Yeah, if you it's, had it's pods weird. of four. They they've got they got to figure out quickly I think because I mean it sounds like something's coming with this next week. So. Yeah, that's true. From from everything uh, that's been reported, that definitely uh, Texas and Oklahoma are planning on um, planning on announcing that they're 
going to leave the Big 12 here uh, in the next uh, few few days. But we're getting back to to Vanderbilt and Clark Lee uh, at the podium there at SEC Media Days. What was kind of the couple things that that stood out to you? You know, the three you mentioned the three hundred million dollars in, in new facilities just going to be a, a game changer for them, and then. And talking about NIL in Nashville, definitely a, a great market, a fastest growing, you know, city that can, that can really offer a lot of NIL opportunities to to Vanderbilt players. And then it kind of one thing that that stood out to me was was kind of, you know, him saying that it was a, a clean slate, you know, team one. He didn't really care about what happened at the past, didn't really uh, want to reflect on, on his time there uh, as a player, just really focused on on this team and and not, you know, being able to just start fresh and, and create up the new program that he wants to run. So what was there any other was there any other things that, that maybe stood out to you about what Clark Lee said? Uh not that Clark Lee said because he talks to the media a lot up in Nashville and nobody, you know, nationally or in the SEC pays attention because it's Vanderbilt and they didn't win a game last season. But it, we knew, I mean, he said all this stuff already. So it's, it's not surprising at all. And I don't think media day means anything personally. Like it's not going to decide wins and losses. I don't even buy that. It helps recruiting, to be honest. Uh, the players, on the other hand, I do think there was, I think it was kind of interesting because we hadn't heard from the players since whatever the last, the Tennessee game last season in December. Like that was like, that was like eight months ago. Uh, and I did think, you know, I, it, I've heard that, the, you know, so the vibe in the locker room last year was completely like broken. There were guys opting out left and right. Uh, COVID, you know, had a decent effect on, on the team. They just were down so many guys. Uh, it seems like they had the new player or not the new players. The, the players have taken to the new coaching staff pretty well. Uh, everybody wants to talk about like the jersey numbers thing. It's completely irrelevant. And I don't think the players really care about it. Um, so I, I think, you know, one thing that's going to help Vanderbilt this season is that the locker room is no longer going to be broken. Uh, on top of that, you know, I don't think Vanderbilt's going to be good, but last season, you know, I think what we're forgetting is that, uh, it was an all SEC schedule, you know, Mississippi state, for instance, did not do well in conference play. And then they played a pretty good Tulsa team in a bowl game and beat them. And it, it just kind of was a reminder for me personally, like this is the SEC, like things can get skewed out of proportion when you're not playing any of these cupcake non-conference uh, games. So I, I will be interested to see, like it seems like the vibe in the locker room is a lot better. So it would be really big for them to, we know they're going to win the first game against East Tennessee State. The second game is against Colorado State on the road. And Colorado State, I don't think is very good, but that is a difficult place to go play on the road because it is at a high altitude. So th that is going to be challenging physically for sure, especially when you're transitioning from, you know, the heat and humidity in Nashville, basically at sea level. Uh, so if they can get that game and get to two and oh, I think that really, you know, that's a huge momentum boost for the program. Whereas, you know, all the, you know, the positive vibes that, that the players seem to have right now, it's great, but it can disappear really quickly if you start losing games left and right. So that kind of was my big takeaway that it does seem, you know, they're going for like a culture change. It seems like they've been pretty successful with that so far. But of course, you know, we have to see uh, if that gets tested really quickly when you start losing. 
Yeah, that, that's definitely true. You know, we're still in uh, the honeymoon phase for a lot of these uh, coaches. You got four new ones uh, in the conference uh, this year, and it will start uh, finding a lot more about them once they uh, tee it up on, on September 4th and, and going beyond. But I did want to ask you about about a, a hire that, that Cart Lee made uh, from 24-7 Sports. Of course, Barton Simmons comes over to be a kind of the general manager uh, for the team. And and what were, what were your thoughts on that? I know a guy that certainly has – uh, so much experience evaluating players uh, from from his time uh, at twenty four seven, a guy that that Cart Lee seems to to really trust uh, in terms of evaluations and and everything on the recruiting front. Just what what was your uh, your main your thoughts about uh, Barton Simmons uh, coming over to be the general manager? Yeah, I tr- I try to be careful there because Barton is my former coworker and we were in the same office and stuff like that. So the conflict of interest, um, I, I think it makes. You know, he it was his job, and what he did a lot was was to dig up uh, hidden gems. And, you know, try to produce the most accurate rankings that that you can. And so, I think for Vanderbilt, especially where their program is now, they need to be doing that. They need to find. You know, they're not going to beat uh, Auburn or whatever for four star recruits. They're, they they need to dig up guys who are under the radar and and uh, who maybe have a lot of potential. So, I mean, I think it makes sense from that standpoint, but whether the plan works, uh, it's, you know, they haven't played a football game yet. So I, I just don't know. Uh, and then beyond that, I try not to like gush about that particular hire or anything because number one, it's an experiment. Number two, I, I, he's my former coworker. Yeah, that that's definitely true. And, and, you know, it seems that, you know, we talk about the positive uh, momentum, you know, there's always going to be a, a positive spin whenever there's a, a new hire made, but, but with the investment uh, in facilities, the, the NIL situation around uh, Nashville, just how much, how much could you put a number uh, right now, just kind of a number on or a percentage of, of how much, you know, all of that's going to affect uh, being able to, to get some of the more, um, get some of some more of those uh, recruits that, that they're going after on the top of the board. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. I, I don't think you know. I don't know the percentage, but I, I do know uh, it's going to change the game. It's going to really change the game because I, I think Vanderbilt's facilities um, are are so far behind. I think more so than the on field product. What has hurt them or held them back in recruiting the last few years uh, was was the facilities. So if you get those up to date with you know Missouri it could be better than Kentucky. You know, if you get those to an SEC level, you're in a great city. You've got a new staff that has, um, you know, positive momentum. Their current 2022 recruiting class is pretty good. And they did build a new locker room already. So they can kind of sell that as like, Hey, here's a quick little taste about, you know, of of what it's going to be like. Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think it is possible, especially if they look decent this season and then two years from now in 2022 can, can actually, you know, maybe it can push for a bowl game or something. I think at that point when you have the, the, you know, new practice facility, new football building, like it's going to be, I mean, it's $300 million. So at that point, yeah, I do, I do think they can start winning on four star guys uh, once that stuff is done, but you know, they are going to have to win some before then. But I, I think, you know, that sounds weird, right? Vanderbilt winning for four star recruits. It doesn't happen. Right. But it's because the facilities have sucked for so long. Yeah, the, the, that's definitely true. Definitely, definitely be interested to see uh, how much uh, that affects it, especially if you can, uh, you know, show some progress on the field. That's definitely gonna 
going to sell, you know, even sell your vision, not only the the NIL and the facilities, definitely going to sell your vision uh, even more in your own the field product. And that's kind of where I, I wanted to shift to you next. We're, again, we're here with Robbie Weinstein from 24-7 Sports and just talking Vanderbilt today. And and I did kind of want to touch on the the on the field product that we're going to see. Obviously, the the offense is probably going to be a an NFL style system. What you know, the offensive coordinator has some some ties to Cliff Kingsbury uh, from the Cardinals uh, out there. Just what do you expect uh, offensively uh, from this group? You got Ken Seals back. You know he started a lot of games last year as, as the quarterback. But you also got uh, some other guys in that room, kind of starting a clean slate, and the offense. A lot of the offensive line uh, has returned for Vanderbilt. Just what do you see? Uh, philosophically uh in the offense this season and going forward yeah yeah i'm glad you asked about the offense instead of defense because defense there's like nothing to talk about like they're gonna suck and and there's so many question marks that it's like i don't even know you know there's there's nothing to talk about basically at this point the the offense you're always trying to keep it positive just gotta call it straight up, you know. I I mean, uh, the they went zero and nine last season, and most of those games were not competitive at all. Uh, so, you know, I I don't try to sugarcoat things. I, I think the offense could be perfectly decent, competitive. I think it could be something like the you know tenth best offense in the SEC, which you know doesn't sound great, but then you think about how competitive the SEC is. That's actually that's a, that's not bad. Um, and so I, I don't, it's not going to be like a pro style offense. It'll be, um, sort of a pro spread, but with some air raid principles, uh, there's going to be a lot of motion and gadget stuff going on misdirection to try to, you know, confuse and outthink other teams because they don't have the offensive line to just pound SEC run defenses. That's, that's not going to happen, but yeah, I mean, they, they bring almost everybody back. They did lose Keon Henry Brooks, who I think was going to be the best player on the team. He's a running back. Um, he that was like a disciplinary thing, uh, but they replaced him with a transfer from Temple, Ray Davis, who uh, is a good player. So I mean, I think you know the the one guy they lost, they have a good replacement for. Uh, the quarterback is back. Uh, Ken Seals is going to get pushed for the starting job. I don't know if he's going to start. Uh, Mike Wright, who is a fellow true sophomore, was rated almost exactly the same as a recruit as Ken Seals, and he's more of a dual threat guy. Uh, and the staff really likes him. So I we'll see where that goes. I don't know. But regardless, I think they have two pretty solid quarterbacks. All their receivers are back. They've got good receivers. The offensive line will be a lot better because uh, they had guys who opted out of the season last year who are coming back. So they got much better depth. Are they going to maul people at the line of scrimmage? I don't think so. But I think they're going to be competent. They've got a good tight end, Ben Bresnahan. So I think, you know, there's not a lot of – I don't think there's any clear weaknesses on offense. Uh, now are they going to – beat you deep and, and do they have speed all over the field? No, but at, at the same time, I mean, they're going to be competent in all areas, maybe even good in a number of areas. And um, so they're going to have to win games like 42, 35, but I think, you know, I think they can do that in the non-conference schedule and um, you know, South Carolina and Tennessee, I just don't think are going to be very good. So I, I, I think it's possible that they could go on the road and, you know, surprise one of those teams. I wouldn't bet on it, but uh, I, I do think, you know, something like three and nine, four and eight, but uh, I, unlike last season where the offense and the defense were both really poor, uh, the offense I think is going to be, you know, a legitimate SEC offense this season. Yeah, that's definitely true. And, you know, Vanderbilt was, was 
pretty much uh, dead last uh, in the league offensively in, in a lot of categories last year. So definitely if you can get up yeah. to, to ninth or 10th, especially with all those uh, returning guys, that's definitely yeah. a, a great step forward. And, and if yeah, the, and I, I know, think, I think it's the line because they did not have any time to throw the ball last year, but like more than 10, 15 yards downfield, there was no, there was no downfield passing game. And, and that just kills you. So I, I think this time around, uh, are they going to be throwing 70, 80 yard bombs on SEC teams? No, but they can stretch the field a little bit, which, which is necessary. Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely true. And, and the last question that I have for you is we're kind of winding down. You kind of touched on it a little bit already, but the expectations, you know, for, for wins and losses, I know Clark Lee's not going to, not going to, you know, he's not going to infatuate himself uh, with that. But what do you see in terms of, of the schedule uh, this season in terms of, of wins and losses? You know, you start out with, with East Tennessee State, go on the road to Colorado State, got Stanford and UConn right. also in the non-conference. And then, you know, the SEC schedule is 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 always tough. They got the, the two Mississippi schools as their mm-hmm. crossover opponents this year. So is the you know, you kind of see maybe that three and nine, four and eight, like you mentioned earlier. Probably. Yeah, I, I think for sure they're gonna beat East Tennessee State and UConn. I, I would favor them against Colorado State uh slightly, but it's a little bit hard to predict, I guess. Uh, and so then, you know, Stanford at home, I guess they would have, I mean, I don't know that Stanford's going to be that great, but I, I wouldn't, you know, I would pick Stanford in that game. I, I think, you know, I, I don't see them. I can't see Vanderbilt doing any better than five and seven. And I think it's, it's, the chances are only very remote that they, they get to that. Now, 2022, they can make things interesting, but I, I just think right now they've had so many guys transfer out on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, not really since Lee came in, to be honest. Uh, I thought there would be more transfers under the new staff, you know, just guys who came to play for Derek Mason. But uh, that hasn't really happened. It's just the the last two years of Mason's tenure, a ton of guys transferred out, especially on defense. And so the, the roster is going to need time to get built back up again. Uh, so, you know, I, I think like, I think, yeah, I think three and nine or four and eight, I could go either way there. And, it, you know, maybe one interesting if you want to lean to the over, the interesting factor there is that Vanderbilt uh, requires all students to get vaccinated against COVID-19. It's a private university, and so they're the only ones in the SEC who can do that. So maybe they win a game by forfeit. It, that would not be a shock or, you know, another a game where the other team is just down to only like 40 players because they have so many guys contact traced. I, I wouldn't rule that out because Vanderbilt is not going to have to go through routine testing probably this season because they're yeah. going to have every, everybody vaccinated. And whether you like the rule or not, you know, that's a totally different conversation. It just, you know, that is, that is the rule in the SEC and, and um, Vanderbilt is, is position, positioned better than any other team in the league to take advantage of that. Uh, even though, you know, they're, they're just kind of lucky there. I think that they're a private university, but uh, that's, that's life, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's true, and you know, you're, you're always thinking about uh, the the best case scenario. You know, five and seven definitely is is the best case, and it could definitely set you up uh, for for the recruiting uh, down the road, yeah. especially especially with all the you know, if if you do go five and seven, that just you know, with the you kind of got a lot of things going for you then, especially with the facilities and and all the NIL opportunities and all that. Yeah, uh, the facilities are supposed to, they're supposed to break, break break ground on the new stuff at the end of this season. So I don't know if it'll all be ready for the 2022 season or not. I, I think it's, I, I'm not really sure, but uh, point being, it's going to be here sooner than later. 
So for sure, I mean, if they win five games this season, wow, that would be, you know, going from zero to five, that's an easy thing to sell to recruits. Yeah, that's definitely true. And, and Robbie, I know you, you got to get out of here. So I'd love to, to have you back on again uh, before the season starts and during the season as well. But but tell everybody where they can find you uh, on social media, where they can find your content on, on 24-7 Sports. And really appreciate you taking some time today, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Vandy247.com. Also, uh, just you know, hit up 24-7 Sports for whatever you need, whether you're a fan of another SEC school or not. We got a lot of good, you know, uh, team sites for all other schools uh, uh, for sure. This is going to be fascinating season. I'm glad you know fans are going to be back. It's going to be fun. That's definitely true. The SEC is definitely uh, going to be wild, especially in the especially yeah. in the West this year. The the SEC Wild West, as we're kind of referring to it. But, but Robbie, hope you stay safe and well, and we hope to have you back on soon. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And thanks to Robbie for coming on today. And thank you for watching and listening to Crutch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crutch Time Plays. God bless everybody.